0: IFM 101.9 megahertz of life.
1: Right, so looking at September and it is Prostate Cancer Awareness Month and there was an incredible initiative. Um, it was a campaign. It was run by the... I think it was in in partnership with the urology hospital in Pretoria and they partnered with other organizations and it was I took the test campaign and really it was in, it was allowing and giving free uh, prostate tests to to men around the country. I think I don't know all the details but that's why I have uh, the, the the wonderful Dr. Viola Morolo to tell us more about it. Um, Dr. Morolo is a urologist at the urology hospital uh, Pretoria. Dr. Morolo welcome thank you so much for joining us
0: hi Nikki and uh, uh, your um, listeners from Hi FM I hope I've pronounced it well it is my pleasure to be talking to you and your listeners about this important discussion on prostate cancer
1: Well, you did, you pronounced it perfectly, and it is a pleasure for us to have you on the show, so thank you so much, because, of course, we know that prostate cancer is the most common cancer, common male cancer in South Africa, am I correct, Doctor? Yes, you are indeed correct. Maybe to put
0: it into perspective, um, the, your lifetime risk in males to get prostate cancer in all the races is one in 15. In other words, one in 15 men have got a will develop prostate cancer in all the races. And then if we break it down, um, in, if, you're, if your race is black, in, in other words, you're black, um, you've got a one in four, one in four men will develop prostate cancer. And for the whites or Caucasians, one in eight will develop prostate cancer. So that gives you a, a, a better picture in terms of what your individual risk is. But in, if we clump all the races together, one in fifty men will develop prostate cancer, which is quite a significant number um, if you consider you know, the, 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 those numbers. And combined with that, if you're, of, if you're Black, you've got a 60% increased risk of actually getting the disease. And uh, 25 increased risk of actually dying from, the, from, from prostate cancer. Wow,
1: wow. Now, how does that compare to numbers um, around the world? I mean, is 1 in 15 a normal number or is it particularly high in South Africa?
0: Okay, um, maybe what you then uh, delving into is the risk factors. Remember that um, one of the risk factors is race, specifically Black. So the statistics in South Africa and Africa will be higher simply because our uh, race dynamics. Um, And so that's the reason why we will have the higher um, uh, prostate cancer because our race is predominantly Black in South Africa, in Africa. I hear you, Dr. Morolo. So let's talk about it. It's really important. We always talk
1: about early detection being key. And with this campaign, I took the test. It was really to encourage men to go for the prostate test. So let's talk about what the prostate test entails and also the age that one should start. And I'm I'm giving you three questions. And if, if, if you are Black, if you should be going, seeing as though the chances are higher, if you should be going when you're younger. So maybe you can speak to all of that, if you don't mind.
0: Okay, no, only my pleasure. Maybe the starting point is to just um, highlight what the risk factors are comprehensively. We've spoken about the black race being a risk factor, but in addition to that, family, if you've got a family history of prostate cancer, whether it is your father or your grandfather or your brother, or yeah, yeah. if so, if there's a family history of prostate cancer, um, you're at an increased risk. And also if there's a family history of breast cancer. So in other words, if your mother or um, grandmother had breast cancer, you are also at an increased risk of prostate cancer. So we mustn't forget the breast cancer as a risk for prostate cancer as well. And then we've spoken about age. So um, the older men are, um, are at increased risk of prostate cancer. With regards to age, the risk increases significantly from the age of 50. So those are the three most important risk factors. The the black race, um, family history of prostate and breast cancer, and also age more than 50, rises significantly. Now, in terms of when to test, Obviously, if you've got any of those risk factors, you must test as early as possible. And as early as possible means at 40 years. The research has shown that even with those with risk factors, the rate of prostate cancer below the age of 40 is very minimal. So even if you've got risk factors, you only need to start testing, screening, I should say, at the age of 40. Um, if you've got none of the risk factors, you can start your screen discussion with your, your, your doctor, your healthcare professional from the age of 45. Um, so those are the, the ages when to, to, to consider screening. And then in terms of what screening is, I know that um, you, you highlighted on that I took the test campaign, um, which focused on only on the prostate-specific antigen, the PSA blood test but screening in essence for prostate cancer has got two components, the blood test, which you've mentioned, but also the digital rectal examination. If either of those are suggestive of prostate cancer, you then need to go for further tests to diagnose prostate cancer. And obviously, if they're negative, then you will then need to check regularly once a year to just confirm that you haven't developed prostate cancer. I think we'll probably talk about it later, but prostate cancer, um, by the time it has symptoms, it's already too late. So when you don't have symptoms, you still need to continue your screening to make sure that we get it before it is advanced.
1: Okay, thank you for that. So well um, explained and summarized, Dr. Morolo. You've just said that if you start to get symptoms, it's too late. Can you please expand on that? What would the symptoms
0: be and what do you mean by too late? Okay, so let's start with um, too late. Too late doesn't necessarily mean that we cannot cure you. It's too late in the, in the sense that it's not the ideal time that we want to pick it up. Um, because remember, by the time you have symptoms, it means that there's either direct spread from the prostate to the surrounding organs, which could be nerves and um, the rectum, which is uh, behind the prostate. I don't want to get too... Um, technical in terms of anatomy, nice. but we can talk about that. Um, or even spread to other distant organs, for example, the bone, where you have now symptoms where you have got paralysis or even bone pain, you know, m- maybe even not paralysis, but you can have bone pain. So it depends at the at the kind of symptoms that you have. What I was saying is too late is we don't want to diagnose you when you've got symptoms. It may not be too late to treat you At whatever stage, whether you've got localised disease or locally advanced disease or metastatic disease, there's always a treatment option we can uh, uh, offer you. Whether that treatment option is curative or palliative is then dependent on how far advanced the disease is. And then, um, yeah, so that's you. I,
1: I hear you. So you're saying, so when you spoke about symptoms, you were saying symptoms if it had, if, if perhaps it had metastasized and then you could be experiencing symptoms, in which case it, it had already gone quite far. We're going to take a break. After the break, I, I want to just stay with the symptoms because are there symptoms if you have prostate cancer? Would you know? If you have prostate cancer, we know with breast cancer, you can feel a lump, not always. But uh, maybe we can speak to that, Dr. Marolo. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Thank you.
0: Hi, FM, your station of choice since 2008.
1: Well, welcome back to the DL Link Show, where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. We are highlighting prostate cancer. It is prostate cancer awareness month, being the month of September. I beg your pardon I have on the show Dr. Viola Morolo and she works at the Urology Hospital in Pretoria we're talking about as I said everything uh, about prostate cancer and I, and I love how Dr. Morolo has broken everything down um, so clearly because really the objective is to go for regular screening the objective is to if you do detect it's early detection um, and um, yeah and and then we and then hopefully um the road is is uh the journey is a, a lot easier so dr Marolo, just before the break and um, we were talking about the symptoms um right and you were saying you know symptoms if it had gone too far as in if it had spread to other parts of the body but how would one know if one doesn't go for it uh, that the psa test or the digital rectal examination how would one know that one has uh, prostate cancer are
0: there any symptoms Okay, thanks, Nikki. Um, maybe let's just, before we talk about the symptoms, let's just talk about where the prostate is, because the anatomical position of the prostate actually um, is what determines the symptoms, you know, the symptoms. It explains the symptoms.
1: So okay. essentially,
0: the prostate is a small organ that lies underneath the bladder, and it surrounds the urethra. And the urethra is the pipe, if I can put it that way, that goes from the bladder that you use to urinate your, you know, to urinate. So in other words, so it surrounds the urethra. And so obviously if you've got the the cancer, which can enlarge the prostate, or or you can have prostate cancer in combination with an enlarged prostate, you then will have urinary tract symptoms. Because obstruction of the urethra, will result in symptoms and also it will have changes in the bladder which will then result in the symptoms so just to explain that and in terms of the symptoms we have a mnemonic that says fun wise I like saying it because it's a it's a nice easy way for my patients and your listeners also to reference so the fun is frequency urgency nocturia and then um, wise is a weak stream The I is intermittency, which means your urine starts and stops, starts and stops. And then the S is for straining, which means you need to push for your urine to come out. And the E is failure to empty your bladder. And so that's fun-wise. Brilliant, brilliant.
1: You're going to have to repeat that again just now. I love that. That's fabulous. Fun-wise. Yeah, fun wise,
0: and then combined with that, um, you can also have a blood, which is hematuria, um, where you have blood in your urine because perhaps the the the, the prostate is enlarged and then and has cancer and it's rubbing against each other and causing some bleeding as a result of that. And then in addition, you can then have symptoms of local uh, spread of the cancer, for example, to the rectum. So I mentioned that the prostate lies underneath the bladder. But in addition to that, the rectum is behind the prostate. So the prostate, as the prostate cancer uh, progresses, it, it most um, that directly affects the rectum. And because the, the rectum, um, it, when the rectum is involved, you can then have constipation or uh, yeah, mostly constipation. That's locally. But now if we talk about distance spread, where it now goes to the bone, most the, the likelihood is that prostate cancer will spread first to the bone but of course it can also go to the liver and the lungs. So when it goes to the bone, you can first of all have bone pain for example, um, non-specific bone pain. Um, You can also then have malaise where you're tight because one of the important roles of the the bone is for uh, your your anemia, it could make sure that your blood, your HP is normal. So if if you've got that, you can also present with just tiredness and malaise. And the other thing is that sometimes it can actually compress your cord. So when it goes to the bone, it can affect your um, vertebral column and then compress the vertebral cord inside the, 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 the spine, and then um, you may have paralysis. And I would just want to take a break here and highlight to your listeners that when you have these kind of symptoms, it's nothing that you have to sit down and wait and see whether it will improve. You need to present to your healthcare professional um, immediately, because unfortunately, if patients with uh, spinal cord compression, where it compresses the spinal cord, present after two weeks, the, the, it decreases the um, the treatment um, uh Uh, how can I put it, the treatment outcome. So they are less likely to, um, we're less likely to reverse that um, uh, paralysis as as a result of that. Yeah, so those are the most important symptoms, but I do like to highlight again that one should not wait for these symptoms because then we're no longer screening, we're testing. Remember, screening is where you do um, tests before one has symptoms. But now when you've already got symptoms, we're no longer screening, we're actually testing you.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Morolo. You had this, I took the test campaign. um, And as you said, offering the PSA blood tests. Did you find, did you have a good response? Um, Did you have a lot of men coming for the
0: tests? Yeah, what what was the response like? Yes, um, we had a great response. Um, We had 411 um, participants that actually came for the test. And similarly to our population representation, majority of the the participants were were Blacks, and there was a few um, white uh, Caucasians that also presented. And of significance um, is that most of the, the participants actually do not have medical aid. And maybe here I'd also like to just pause and just um, correct um, your your um, your introduction of myself. Yes, I am based in private at the Urology Hospital, but in addition to that, I also work in the public sector. I'm actually very committed to. Um, contributing to the private sector healthcare. So um, going back to the participants that presented for our, um, I took the test, majority of them do not have medical aid, which places a challenge as to how we address the demands of um, the treatment that's required um, or the further investigation that's required in patients who are willing to take the test and then um, the tests are positive or require further testing and yet do not have medical aid. And then also one of the findings of the, the campaign was that men actually came with their partners and um, they, their partners were also very willing to you know, do tests on themselves, which is urology tests. But um, unfortunately the campaign was all about prostate cancer. So there's also just an interesting finding that um, it's interesting how men normally present and do um, the health seeking behavior increases when they're supported by their partners.
1: Wow, Dr. Marola that's fantastic. So, for those who, you know, as you say, posing the question, if if they if they if you are looking at the markers and you're not happy with the markers and and they don't have medical aid, um, where to from there?
0: Yeah, that's that's a burning question. Um, in fact, that's what I'm passionate about to addressing the public healthcare sector in a private environment that's that's one of the, the things that um, for me i would you know, it's one of the things i'd like to contribute to in terms of the south african healthcare system so um, this is another reminder that something needs to happen because, unfortunately, people are willing to test. But now that they've tested and further tests are needed, where do they go? And I mean, we know that there's a, there's a whole lot of um, skills and expertise in the public sector. But because of the limited resources, um, one people are not able to access the, the, the treatment in time, even though when they do get treatment, um, the treatment is of the same quality as the private sector. I'm that's the Beacon Academic Hospital. And I can honestly say that it's a hospital that once you access the services, you do get quality health care. The problem is the, the because the, the, the demand is so high, you, the turnaround time in terms of accessing the services may not replicate the private sector. Hmm.
1: Which is huge. Addition. And then um just to
0: just to close that in addition. The prostate, the prostate cancer foundation, which is an, uh, a non-profit organization, that's part of their mandate to address um, uh, these gaps that the public sector has. So um, the, the the patients that required further treatment were then channeled towards the prostate cancer foundation, so that they can help um, you know help these these participants to to get the further investigations that they need.
1: Thank you, Dr. Marolo. So the, this kind of screenings, we're not talking about testing, we're talking about screening, um, and you've um, outlined age and um, risks and all of that. Where, where do you have the screening? So, I mean, are you going to have to go to a, a public hospital? I'm talking about if you don't fall within having this, you know, the private sector and a medical aid, where would you go for this kind of screening? And would you have to be queuing up for hours or do clinics offer it um yeah, is it re- are they readily available, in other words, the screening?
0: Yeah, in South Africa, we're very fortunate because we've got a well-structured healthcare system, primary, secondary, and tertiary. So all screening happens at the primary healthcare level, which means your GP if you're in the private sector or your local clinic or hospital if you're in the public sector. And um, that screening, as I mentioned, it's regarding prostate cancer. It's a prostate-specific antigen, the PSA test, combined with the rectal examination. And maybe this is another position uh, part of that, I must just pause and just highlight that a lot of men are uncomfortable with having a, a digital rectal examination. But in all honesty, it's not a painful in this, uh, examination, it's more of a discomfort, um, if anything, you know. So um, men mustn't be discouraged to have the, 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 the rectal examination thinking that it's going to be painful. It's not painful, it's more of a discomfort. And that can be done at your, um, your primary health care setting, depending on whether you're in private or public. Once they've observed an abnormality in either one of those, um, normally we only need one abnormality in terms of the rectal examination, but with the blood test, the PSA, we prefer to have two abnormal PSA readings for us to then recognize it as abnormal. So if you've got one um, an abnormality either in the PSA, two readings, or the rectal examination, you then should go for further testing to diagnose the prostate cancer. Because remember, these are screening tests which tells us that you've got a likelihood that you may have prostate cancer. We need to exclude it. Then in terms of diagnosing prostate cancer, we need to do a biopsy. This is a, a, a test where we actually take a piece of the prostate and we send it to the laboratory. And the laboratory then assesses it and tells us whether there's prostate cancer or not. And if there is, um, the grading of the prostate cancer in other words how aggressive this prostate cancer is is it less aggressive or is it more, more aggressive in addition the pathologist will also tell us is it just prostate cancer you have or you've got prostate cancer and the prostate is also hyperplastic which means it's enlarged or they can just tell us that no that there's no prostate cancer, the prostate is just enlarged and so if you've got symptoms then you just need to get treatment for the symptoms and continue with your ongoing um, screening if you didn't have symptoms. but obviously if you've got symptoms then we treat you for the symptoms if there's no prostate cancer and once you're symptoms free then you continue with your usual um, screening for prostate cancer. Wow, Dr. Marolo,
1: thank you so much. Um, you know, you've you've broken everything down brilliantly for us, and we really, really appreciate your time and for explaining it um, so well for the audience. And of course, I'm highlighting all of these important points very much, uh, the point being um, going for that screening, and that is the PSA blood test um, and the digital rectal examination. So thank you so much, uh, Dr. Morolo. It really has been a pleasure having you on the show. We really do appreciate your time. We know it's valuable. So
0: thank you for giving us your time today. Thank you, Nikki and your KAI high, high FM listeners. It's only my pleasure and um, thank you for actually creating this opportunity to continue sending a message to everybody about the importance of screening so that we can diagnose prostate cancer at a stage where we can still treat you because ideally we want people to be Free of cancer and we can only guarantee that when we treat them once they, when the cancer is still localised but of course even if the cancer is advanced, locally advanced or metastatic, there they are still treatment options so do not be discouraged if you've already got symptoms, go ahead and still get tested for prostate cancer because whatever your stage is we will still be able to help you so thank you for creating this opportunity to help um, you know, um, address prostate cancer in this important thank you so much dr viola morolo
1: here on 101.9 m fm the dl link show um yeah prostate cancer awareness month september